over and over and over to me. And I was like, well, why do you keep telling me this? And he said, because you need to tell everybody else. He said, I see you. I see you. I don't see your neighbor. I see you. We're going to, the scripture we're going to base it on is John 1, 47 through 50. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to bring your word. Lord, move me aside. Let your Holy Spirit reign and let whatever message you have for these people, even on the radio, on YouTube, wherever, in person, let it be the words that you have chosen to give them for such a time as this. Holy Spirit, take control. You increase as I decrease in Jesus' name. And it says in verse 47, And Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him. And Oh, thank you all for standing. I didn't even think about it. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith to him, Behold, I'm echo- hey, can you turn this down a little? I'm echoing. It's the one, you know, yours, you know which one. Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. You may have a seat. When we've been doing this radio program, and I'm on there, and I'm like just talking and talking and talking and talking, and I'm talking about whatever comes to my mind because I'm talking and talking and talking, trying to pray with people, trying to get people interested in prayer. And the Holy Spirit had shown me scriptures. We were going over scriptures, and I was doing these things and, and just, just working the Word of God. You can work the Word of God, by the way. The Word of God works for you when you work it, okay? But God said, I saw you. And then when He gave me this, He wanted me to tell people, I see you. But not just that he saw us, he saw the people in the Bible. And so I'm going to go through, I've got about, let me see how many I've got to go over real quick. 31. Y'all can hang out for 31. It's going to be quick, but it's going to be deep. How many of you ever sit and wonder if God sees you? Truly, be honest. Do you ever wonder if God sees you and what you're going through? Do you ever wonder if God sees the pain, the hurt, the confusion, the the guilt, the repentance? All the things that we go through in life, God sees us. So he wanted me to share with you some of the, you know, everybody thinks in the Bible all the great heroes of faith had it all together. You know, just like that song uh, that we just did, The Truth Be Known. We have to act like we've got it all together when it's out of control. Well, everybody thinks all these guys had it all together because they don't write about all the bad stuff. Let's start with Adam. God said, I saw, I saw you, Adam, when you ate the fruit. I saw the conflict that you had because you wanted to honor your wife. You wanted to do what she wanted. You wanted to make sure that she still loved you. You knew not to do it, but yet I saw the struggle. And I saw when you fell. And you ate the apple. But I still loved you. This is his message today. I saw you, Cain, when you killed Abel. You didn't do it in secret. When I asked the question, I already knew the answer. 
you killed your brother. I saw the anger and the hatred and the contempt you had for him. We've had that for others in our life. Don't be lying in church. You know you have. You may have repented and got saved and got right, but at one time or another in our life, we have had utter contempt for a person. Where we were like, God, heal them or kill them. That's my prayer. Anyway, might not be y'all's, but it's mine. God sees it. He sees the torment that we go through. God says, I saw you able when you felt the fear and the emotional pain of seeing your brother killing you. You ever think about that? How did Abel feel to know that his own brother was killing him? Someone he loved. This might be a hard message today, but it's what God gave me for you guys. He sees you. He sees you in your sin. He sees you in your sickness. He sees you in your happiness. He sees you in your joy. He sees you. He wants to become so personal to you that you're like, God, I know you see me and I see you. That should be our mantra. I see you. Back to God. Because without God seeing us, how can He help us? Without God seeing us, how can He he ever reach out the, the arms of mercy and grace to us? I saw you, Job, when you were desperately ill. How many has been so desperately ill you felt like you were going to die? You've been so desperately ill you just were like, God, take me out, get it over. I don't want to do this no more. No more fighting. I don't care. My body's done. I give up. I quit. It's over. It's over. It's over. How many of us have ever felt that? But did you give up? Because that still quiet voice that God has came into your heart and said, don't give up. I see you. Now, we all know who Abraham and Sarah were, right? Great, great people of faith, yeah? Y'all believe they had, they had great faith? Oh, this is interactive. Y'all got to come and respond. Come on. I ain't in a dead church. The graveyard's out there. Wake up and start communicating with me, people. Don't make me have to bury y'all. They ain't enough plots. How many of you believe that God saw Abraham's faith? Okay, on the flip side, how many of you saw when Abraham doubted just a little and gave in to Sarah? He couldn't give in to his wife if he didn't have a doubt. He would have stood strong on his faith and said, no, I am not. The the promised one's coming from you. We're not doing this, Sarah. No, no, no. You're just going to have to get with the program or God's going to give me somebody else at will. You're either going to get faith or you're going to die trying. That's what he should have said to her. But he had that moment, the sliver, the tiniest doubt. And he's like, maybe my wife's right. We ain't always right, women. I'm just going to throw it out there. Clap, men, you may do so now. (laughs) Men, you're not always right. That's why we're women. Whoa, man, don't do it. So, Sarah... In her doubt, it bled over to her husband. She couldn't see it. She couldn't see a way. She couldn't see how this... All right, let me put it this way. If I was going to have a baby right now, I'd be like laughing at God. I'd be like, you ain't doing that to me. We ain't going there. I'm 52. My kids are grown. I don't want no more. But if he told me that I had to have one to save a, a nation, 
I'd have to rethink that, but I would laugh. I'm telling you now, Sarah had it right on the laugh. All of us older people would be like, God, what you smoking today? You know, because we'd be like, mm, I don't know, God, I think you missed that one. But she heard him, but then she heard the devil. Because, you know, he's sitting on your shoulder whispering, you know that ain't going to happen. You're too old. You're dried up like a sack of sand. You ain't going to have no baby. Your body can't handle it. Even if you got pregnant, you couldn't give birth because your bones are brittle. You're 90-something years old. You just can't do it. So she thought, what is the law of our people? How do I get around this? See, that's our problem. We try to get around God's law to figure out man law and do it our way. We want to sneak around God's law, God's word, and we want to do it our way. Our way does not work, just so you know. It may work for a moment, but it's going to blow up in your face. It may work temporarily, but it's going to blow up in your face because the only true person or thing that can even help us is God Almighty Himself. He is the only thing that we can count on in this life. Without Him, he can't, we can't get out of anything. We couldn't pray ourselves out of a wet paper bag, as Pastor says. We couldn't pray ourselves out of an invisible paper bag. Let's just put it that way. But anyway, because we can't pray without God. Without God, who are you praying to? I hope you know who you're praying to. I hope it is God and not all these crazy gods. He saw, I saw you lot when you put yourself and your family in a cesspool of sin. God gave me that word cesspool. How many times have we made decisions that didn't just affect us, but it affected our family? And when we, it affected our family, our family got hurt. But we're, and we're trying to climb our way out of the mess we're in without God. Think about it. Lot had a choice. He didn't have to go there. He had a choice. He could have said, God, the Lord of Abraham, help me. Lead me to the right place. I will follow you. How many of us have said, lead me, Lord, I will follow? Don't lie in church. Have you said you'll follow him? I suggest you start following him because it'll be too late. King Saul, I saw you when you were tormented by a demon with jealousy to the point of madness. He still saw him. How many of you have struggled with something where you feel like you're losing your mind? You think you're crazy, but you know you're really not. But, you, you know, but the devil's sitting there telling you, you're not okay, you're bipolar, you're, you have anxiety, you're depressed, you're this, you're that. You're... How many of you want to stop listening to the devil telling you all these things? Amen. I do. I'm to a point where I'm like, shut up, Satan, I don't care anymore. Just shut up, get away from me, just shut up. And no, I didn't use the word sus that time. And check this out. That's all the bad God saw. How many of you feel like you do good stuff? Oh, raise your hand. You know you do good stuff. You wouldn't be in here if you didn't. <coughs> well, if you are, unless you're in here to repent, then the altars are over here. I will direct the person. Anyway, Jonathan showed... He, showed, he said, I saw you, Jonathan, when you showed my chosen love and respect. Who was God's chosen? 
King David. Who showed him love and respect going against his own father was Jonathan. Jonathan loved David as a brother, a real, true brother in God. We say we love each other, but do we really? It's something to think about today. You know, in King David, he had enough messed up stuff. God said he saw him when he sinned with Bathsheba. Then he saw David full of anxiety and fear because he was afraid his sin would be revealed. You ever been afraid that your sin's going to be revealed? Have you ever been afraid that God's going to pull back the curtain and someone's going to say, I saw you in your sin. I saw you do that. I saw you cheat. I saw you steal. I saw you lie. I saw you do this. I saw you do that. And you're so afraid that that's going to get exposed that the anxiety is so overwhelming. God sees you in that and He wants to heal you of that. That is His goal for you, is to heal us of these things that I'm bringing out today. Because we sit a lot of times alone in the dark. You know, when I'm on the radio, that was just some of the... uh, Anyway, when we're on the radio, I'm I'm not seeing people, I'm seeing numbers, okay? And when I start praying for them, Holy Spirit takes over and starts telling me, you need to pray this. So He told me, He said, tell them that I see them. Tell them I see them, that I'm not going to leave them where they're at. I'm not going to leave them in their sin. I'm not going to leave them in their sickness or their, their fear. How many of you have been afraid? How many of you are afraid of something? How many... Nobody's afraid of anything in here? How many of you have been afraid? And how many of those fears have come upon you? How many of you have been afraid for your children and your grandchildren? How many of them have been afraid of losing a job? How many of you have been afraid of losing God? How many of you have been afraid that all this is for nothing? Because I'm going to tell you something. The devil likes to mess with your mind. And when he messes with your mind, what he does is he'll come to you and he'll say, you don't really believe that God is real. God doesn't show you he's real. He's not here. You can't touch him. He's not real. And you know what you have to do? I walk by faith and not by sight. Because if we walk by sight, we're never going to make it to heaven. Holy Spirit's never going to be able to guide us to heaven. And you've got to know this. You need the Holy Spirit. Without Him, you will not make it on this earth. You will fall, you will sin every time without Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was sent to be our guide. Jesus is the Son that died on the cross to become our Savior. He saved us from a life of sin, death, hell, and the grave. God is our Father. He covers the things like being fatherless or motherless or childless or or, or whatever, or parentless. He even does that. Uh, He is the one who covers us. And Holy Spirit's the one He sent to guide us. And He's the most gentle of the three. I don't know if you know that. Holy Spirit is so gentle. He will not intrude on your life. He will not bully you. He will not demand that you listen to Him. He will not come to you and keep going, do, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Because after the second time, He's like, young, young, dude. I gave you the Word. You have the Word. You have the power. You have the knowledge. You're on your own. When you turn back to God, I'll be right there to pick you up. But I can't stay with you while you're in sin. Holy Spirit cannot be with you while you're sinning. If you think He can, you're crazy. Because the Holy Spirit is sent to guide us to that perfect, wonderful life with Jesus that the end of time brings us. And the time is drawing near. You know, there's people that have been afflicted by so many things. The daughter of David named Tamar... She was brutally raped by her brother. Okay? 
God said, I saw you, Tamar, in your hurt, in your shame, in your guilt. He also told the guy that did it, I saw you in your anger, in your vengeance, in your lustful act, in your selfishness. God has two of them standing in front of him. He don't want to send either one to hell. They both repent. Who should go to hell for that? One or none? None. Because when we repent, we give our heart to God. God cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And if you don't believe that, you don't believe the Bible. If you don't believe that you are cleansed from all unrighteousness when you come to God with an open heart and an open mind to receive what He has for you, then you don't believe the Word. Because God said, Jesus has always been. Y'all know this, because it says in the, here, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him is, was life, and the life was in the light of men. So, God wants you to know if you've been attacked in any way, physically, verbally, emotionally. People in the Bible have done, went through it. Okay? That's why He had me look up these. Because I'm going to tell you something. Elisha. Who knows who the prophet Elisha is? Okay, I'm going to hope you have more than one person knows. Um, the prophet Elisha, God said, I saw you when you were made fun of because of the way you looked. Has that happened to anybody? Been made fun of because you don't look a certain way or you don't act a certain way? You don't have uh, the bling or whatever you call it nowadays. I don't know what they call it nowadays. Back in my day, it was bling or whatever. Because you don't have the finest of this, this, or this, and you're made fun of. How about this? Are any of you the ones that have made fun of someone like that? Say, ouch. I know that hurt. But what happened to Elisha? You better be careful because two, a bear came out and killed some kids for making fun of him. And they bear here in these woods in Georgia. So if a bear comes out and kills you, we'll know what happened and we'll just say a prayer for you. How about Elijah. Who is Elijah in the Bible? Great man of faith. Took on 400 Baal prophets and whipped them, right? Whipped them. Left them crying where they at. They were in tears because they couldn't make the fire come. Right after that, God said, I saw you, Elijah, when you were in fear for your life because your faith was drained and fear had come upon you. When your faith is drained, that's when the fear comes upon you. When your faith is drained, that's when the devil attacks the most. So be prepared for that. Be prayed up, stayed up, whatever you got to do. How about Moses? He had a speech impediment. And I even said this on the radio the other night. Moses had a speech impediment when he went up on the mountain to see God. When he came back down, I'm fairly sure he was healed. I don't think your face can glow like that from the presence of God and you not be healed. I bet he didn't limp or have any kind of aches or pains or anything. I ain't got no proof of it, but I'm just saying, if I was in the presence of God, I kind of think that holiness would get on me and this body would get in line and say, yes, sir. Just say it. So Moses got more than just a glowing face when he came down from the mountain. Oh, he got mad too. That was the other thing. Right after the wonderful experience, the time with the holiest of holies, 
He comes down and he goes, these stupid people. God. And then he threw the tablets at him. And then God wanted to kill him. But then that moment of Moses being good goes, nah, let's not kill them. They won't never learn nothing. So he prayed for them not to be killed. Think about this. How many of you ever thought about what Eve went through when Cain killed her son Abel? I know there are people that have lost children. But God wants you to know He sees you. He sees you. He sees the pain. Think about this one. Okay? Everybody hears the story of little Mary, right? Little Mary, teenage girl, cool. She's so faithed up. No, she's a teenager. And some of them can be really faithed up, but at the same time, there's going to be some doubt. Mary had to process what the angel was saying to her. Then she had to walk around knowing that she was a pregnant Unwed teenager. She had to still, during all that time, she's processing what he's saying because she's thinking, I'm crazy. Then she starts showing, I'm even crazier. This can't be. This can't be. Nobody's going to love me. Nobody's going to want me. How many of you have ever felt that way? Nobody's going to want me. Nobody's going to love me. There's nobody for me. But God sent Joseph to her and he, he had to do some convincing He had to convince Joseph, she ain't crazy. She ain't on no stuff. She's okay. You can be her husband. Because I'm telling you, in today's time, somebody come talking about I'm a virgin pregnant besides, you know, in a natural way, you're going to think she owns something. Let me ask y'all this. How many of you realize that we have problems with drugs and alcohol in society as a whole? How many of you know that you can never be a social drinker? It won't work. The devil's got the alcohol content so high now that if you start being a social drinker, you become a drinker drinker. I grew up with some drinker drinkers. So I know. But Noah just had the best faith experience of any person alive. Wait, he was only one of seven. Still alive. You'd think he would have been praising God every day going, I am so grateful. But then, you know, the stress of getting through it got to him. Probably having to live with his family that many days. He's like, God, get me away from these people. I need a vacation. And I ain't got nowhere to go. You sent the animals away. No animal can take me anywhere. So I'm just going to make some wine. And you know what? I'm just going to drink till I go sleep. And he did. And he got drunk. And when he got drunk, he got naked. I don't know why he did that, but he did. And the devil sent his son in there to cause problems. Know this, people. Your family will be the ones who cause you the most problems in this life. Strangers will not. A stranger will cause you less problems than your very own family. Family members will test your faith, your prayer ability, and your ability not to kill them on any given day. Okay? They will test you to that. But we should have a greater love for Jesus and God than the love of our family because then our family can't hurt you. Your family can only hurt you if you let them. Sometimes we have to say, all right, that's it, stop it. 
shut up. I rebuke the devil out of you. If you don't like that, you can go on. Come back when you don't want to talk to me again. I've had that happen. I'm fine with being silenced out or ghosted or whatever you want to call it. Ghost me, please. <laughs> and then Peter. We all know Peter. I love Peter. He's my favorite apostle. Everybody else likes Paul. I like Peter. Because Peter was crazy. Like me. Peter, he would get mad at the drop of a hat and cut your ear off and bless you at the same time. You know? He'd cut your ear and then be like, I'm so sorry, God, just help me heal him. Help me. You know? But Peter's anger got him to where he denied Jesus three times. You know what Jesus said to him? Peter, I see you while you're denying me three times. You've walked with me. You've talked with me. You've been with me. You've laid down and slept out in the open with me. You've ate with me. You've listened to my teachings. You ought to know better. How many of us feel like people should know better? Raise your hand. Be honest. Don't have to be just church people. People in general. Because there are a lot of dumb people in the world. I'm sorry. Millennials. No offense. Um, Judas betrayed Jesus. He knew it was going to happen. Think about this part. The whole time he knows he's going to be betrayed by this dude, he's still trying to reach him. Whole time. He's trying to reach Judas. He's trying to get Judas to change his heart. To not take the path that Satan's put before him. How many of us have family or in church family? And like I said, we are one big old jumbled bunch of crazy people family. Okay? We are a big family in here. And I mean this family and personal family. How many have you seen struggle with something and you're just and you keep wanting to try? You want them to get better. You want them to do better. And you pray harder and you and you just pray longer and you just you're like, God, please do something. They need you so desperately. And then God gives you that little warning and says, they're going to turn on you. And you're like, huh, what, what? They're going to turn on you. How are they going to turn on me? I ain't, got, I ain't got no reason or nothing they can turn on. They're going to hurt your feelings by turning on you somehow. And when that happens, be prepared to keep praying for them. My first response is, uh, no. I want as far away from them as I can get. I don't need them. They don't need me. It's over. We're done. Kaput. Zip. Zilch. Gone. Out of sight. Out of mind. Out of just get away. But if God, if Jesus hadn't kept trying, I know that Judas killed himself out of regret. I know that. But instead of taking his regret to the one that could save him, he turned it inward to the flesh. How many of us have a flesh moment? when we've wanted to just leave this world. It's time to be honest. I'm stripping it back because God needs you to be honest with Him because He's not needing you to know. I see you. I saw you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I know everything about you. I know every number of hairs you have on your head. I know every thought you have. I know everything about you and yet y'all keep trying to fool me. And it doesn't work because you can't hide from me. I'm seeing you naked in a shower, okay? Deal with that visual later. I see you when you're crying alone in the dark and you're saying, God, where are you? Why is this happening to me? You know, when my parents died, I asked that question. Why is this happening now? Couldn't you space them out a little bit? 
Two weeks ain't enough time to deal with this. God said, you got this. And I'm like, I don't think I do. But he said, you do. So he wants you to know that he's got you. Cancer patients. God says, I see you. And I'm here to help you deal with this. Addict, whether it's drugs or alcohol. I see you as you fight to be free from these addictions and from this demon that's controlling your life. If you're a predator or you know a predator, and I say that word nicely because I'm talking about someone who preys on children, women, or even men and boys now, but a person that preys on someone, I see you as you look for your next victim. You still have time to stop. You have time to change this. I see you, self-righteous one, that's hiding their own secrets. No, you didn't think we'd go there. There's many self-righteous people in this world. And that's any person that puts themselves above God. That is self-righteous. Because we are right, none is righteous without Him. God is the only one that makes us righteous. We have no righteousness outside of Jesus, outside of God. I see you, child, that's being mentally tormented on a daily basis because you don't know if you're a girl, a boy, a chicken, or a dog. Sometimes I wonder if they even know if they're purple, green, or yellow. I see you, child, that the devil's talking to your mind and saying, you are not this person. God made a mistake. You are Billy Bob, Jim George. Okay? But your first name when you were born was Angel. But now you're Billy Bob, Jim George. Don't know where the name comes from. I just came up with it. I like being Angel. I don't want to be Billy Bob, Jim George. But that's not how everybody else sees you because you're a tomboy. You need to be a boy. You need to just go ahead and become a boy. I want to, but you should. Well, maybe I should. I'll talk to my mom. Maybe I'll get her to go ahead and pay for me to have reassignment surgery. I'm only seven. I know what I need. No. Ain't no seven-year-old knows if they're a boy, girl, or a dog, or a cat. Half of them play dogs and cats, and they don't even realize they're playing. But the reality of this message, and I know it's not like a shouting or whatever message... He wants you to know He sees you. Now, I want you guys to do me a favor and close your eyes. And I want you to see yourself. Look inward right now where you're sitting. Is there anything you think God can't see and God can't fix? And if you do feel that there's something that's keeping you from being the best you that God created, these altars are open. And I encourage you to come up here because you know what? It's none of my business. I don't need to know. But there's a father waiting to put his arms around you and to tell you, I see you. I love you. I want you. You belong to me. Like I said, the altars are open, guys. I wouldn't wait too long because God will tarry only so long in the anointing. But he said, tell you, 
You come to see Him, and He will see you. So think about it. If there's anything, and if there's family that you can look at and say, you know what? I need to pray more for that person. Come to the altar and pray for them. Give it over to God. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you lay it down here, don't pick it back up. So when you pick it back up, you're telling God, I got this. I don't need you. How many of us need God? Because I can't do it without Him. And if you can, then you something special. You probably walk. I want to see you walk on water and not on the water outside. I want to see, I want to see you in a pond that's really deep and walking on water. <coughs> so, with that being said, God says, I see you and I still love you. So right now, if you'd all like to stand, please. I'm going to pray us out. And during this prayer, if you feel the need to go to the altar, please take it to God and let Him see you. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. You want to pray with me? Okay. I shall come down. Miss Angel Boss, a wonderful word about God seeing us. God sees us exactly where we are. God accepts us exactly where we are. God loves us exactly exactly where we are. Here's the beautiful thing about God. He never leaves us where we are. He never leaves us the way we are. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to open up these altars. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you've never called on the name of Jesus. Maybe you've just never accepted Jesus as your Savior. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. Or maybe you maybe you have. Maybe you have said a prayer and, and you said, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins, but you, know, you, you accepted Jesus as Savior, but you did not accept Him as Lord. Oh, there's a big difference, church. There's a big difference in accepting Jesus as Savior than accepting Him as Lord. When Jesus is your Lord, you don't do what you want to do. You do what Jesus wants you to do. That's the difference. It's a huge difference. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you just never accepted Jesus as Lord of your life. And you've been trying to run your own life. This is your opportunity to make Jesus Lord, not just Savior. Or maybe you're here this morning and you say, Brother, I, I believe I'm okay with God, but I've got family that I know they're going to go to hell if they die. I got children that if they don't get right with God now, they're not going to see the eternity of heaven. Maybe you've got grandchildren. Maybe you've got a neighbor. Maybe you've got a spouse. Maybe, maybe you're at that place, I love the Lord, but, but my spouse, I just can't get them to love Jesus the way I love Jesus. and I'm concerned about them. I, I want my spouse to go to heaven with me. and I, I'm tired of praying. I'm tired of praying. I'm going to tell you, don't give up. My grandmother prayed 56 years before my grandfather ever said yes to Jesus. Don't ever give up. So we're going to open up these altars as Hagen's playing something for us this morning. And we're going to ask everybody, everybody, no matter what category you are in, whether it's your salvation, you making Jesus Lord, or your friend, or your children, everybody, Come to the altar and pray.
Alright? Come on down right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on down and pray. Hallelujah. As you go around and pray for people individually this morning. going to be coming around praying with you guys in the altar. I'm going to be praying for Brother Frankie. He's standing in the gap for a friend of his. I want to tell you, we believe in the anointing oil. If you need healing in your body, you come up here and see me. We'll anoint you with oil. Miss Diane, I definitely want to pray with you before you leave today. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray for Frankie's friend. Lord, we pray, we rebuke that spirit of pneumonia in the name of Jesus. We speak to his lungs to be dried up and cleared. We speak to his body to receive the healing anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. We speak to the angels to go and surround him and protect him. Lord, send somebody to him, Lord. If there's anything between you and him and his heart is not right with you, God, send somebody that he can hear. In the name of Jesus right now. You bless Brother Frankie, God. Bless him with his burden, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we cry out this morning. Oh, we repent of our sins this morning. God, we come to you as humbly as we know how, Father. We, we are so sorry for the sins of our life. We repent. Lord, we want to make you Savior of our life. Save us. Save us, Jesus. Come on, just call it out. Save me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Just cry out to the church. Save me, Jesus. They take another step and say, Lord, not only do I want you as Savior, I want you as my Lord. You're my Lord. You're my King. Lord, I place you on my on the throne of my heart. I recognize you as, as not only the Messiah, but you are the King of all kings. And I make you Lord of my life. Oh, Make you Lord, church. Jesus will not make Himself Lord of your life. You have to make Jesus Lord of your life. You have to open up your heart this morning. You have to ask Him to be Lord of your life this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're here and you want some anointing oil. You want, you want to pray? Healing in your body. Come on, we'll anoint you. We'll pray with you this morning. Just keep crying out to God. Save our children, Lord. Save our neighbors. Save our grandchildren. Save our families, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.
Lord, heal her soul. Her soul has been wounded. Her soul has been damaged. God, she's in pain for so long. We ask you for healing. Healing right now. That only the Holy Spirit can healing. Oh, in the soul of God right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So
listening to faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. Hey, come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Somebody else in this situation needs emotional healing. I call it soul healing. Somebody else in here, you need a washlova. I can actually call you out. You need emotional healing. Come on up here. Come on up here. You know it's you. Come here, Sister Diane. Help Sister Diane walk up here. I'm going to pray for Diane's healing. We're going to rebuke that cancer. It ain't coming back. I said it ain't coming back. You've been healed of cancer. Come up here and pray for you. Come on, Sharon Dwayne. Jan, you've been healed of cancer. Come on, Diane. We're going to pray with you. But somebody else needs to come, too. Somebody's got that emotional pain needs to come. Somebody's got that soul hurt needs to come. Help with that chair. Lift that chair up. Break that chair apart. There you go. Great lift up. There you go. Now you got it. Put it right here in the middle. Right here in the middle. There you go. Shambhala. First of all, I want to surround you with people that have been where you are and have been healed and got the deliverance. Come on over here, sister. Come on here, brother. Put your hands on again. These are people that, that have got the same diagnosis from the doctors. They got cancer. The cancer that Sharon has, she should have never lived through it. But my God! Come here, Miss Angel. Where are you at? Come here. You're the woman of God today. How do y'all believe that God can heal Sister Diane and that cancer never come back again? How do you believe that? Never come back again. You put your hand on her stomach. In the name of Jesus, we anoint my sister with oil according to your word. We stand on the blood of Jesus Christ according to your word. In the name of Jesus, cancer, come out and leave and never return. In the name of Jesus, I cast the demon of cancer out of Diane and out of the entire family. Now that nobody in the family has ever had cancer, in Jesus' name, shut up. Oh, we release your word. We release your anointing of healing. We speak strength to her body. We speak strength to her organs. We speak strength, strength, and power oh, to her body in the name of Jesus. We speak energy. Oh, we bind you, demons. You lie in spirits that have lied to my sister. You fail my Shabbat. You sickness of infirmity. We command you to leave and never return. Never return. Get out! Get out of the church. Get off my street. Get out of my town. In the name of Jesus. Mm. Receive it, Diane. Receive it. Oh, Come on, you need some soul healing. Come on, you know who you are. Come on. Somebody needs some soul healing. Come on. Come on. Oh, 
Hallelujah. God says He sees you. He sees you. See, God don't give a message to a preacher like that and then put you in the same room to hear it without a reason. Hallelujah. Come on, lift those hands toward heaven. Come on, church. Come on, lift them toward heaven right now. Some soul healing right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind that tormenting spirits that have afflicted their souls. That tormenting spirits that tell them they'll never get any better. That life will never improve. Uh, you are a lying spirit. I command you to leave their minds in the name of Jesus. Leave their souls in the name of Jesus. I set these sisters free in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth right now. I set them free by the power of the blood of Jesus. I set them free by the name above every name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Yeshua.
Raise your hand, Meemaw. Everybody know who Meemaw is. <laughs> Meemaw says, God will do for you what you can do for yourself. Lisa ain't sitting around waiting on God to do it. Lisa's getting involved in this thing. Yeah, and you're doing your part, and God's doing his part. Isn't God good? Amen. I tell you, I had such a good time today. I think we'll do this every fourth Sunday. Huh? Just no gifts. No gifts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. I want gifts. He said I couldn't have them. <laughs> so there's a conflict. How about a you Sunday every fourth Sunday? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You Sunday every fourth Sunday. Hey, you guys have a wonderful job singing and worshiping God this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. And didn't KK baby girl do a good job? Yes. Amen. Hey, no one ever teaches me what their names are because when they're 45, I'm still going to call them KK baby girl. Yeah. Hey, when I see them get married, I say, go my KK, go my baby girl. I don't know what I don't want to know. That's who they are. It's a tongue twister. It's who they are. It's such an honor to be here. You've honored Angel and I this morning. Thank you. Okay. You've Stand up, man. You ain't that old. You're only 25. You're only 25. You've honored us this morning with your presence. Amen. And with gifts and popcorn. But I'm not sure. Come back and honor us this again. Come back next Sunday. Amen. Amen. This is your home. Amen. This is your home. Amen. I said, This is your home. Amen. This is your family. Amen. 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 This is a loving church. Amen. And look around. Amen. We are family, but we just don't always get together when we should. Yeah. We're, we're like a, we need a family reunion. This will be every fourth Sunday is our family reunion. So come back. Come back every fourth Sunday for the family reunion. We might even feed you. Start talking about Easter now. Start talking about Easter now. Amen. Amen. Seventy-eight more days to Easter. You think we're going to reach hundred people? Well, just look around, sister. We ain't that far off now. We already over 60%. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's so important that the church sees the teenagers that come on Thursday night. Oh, this is just a section. How many teenagers you got? I have a base of 12, and sometimes I have up to 22. 22 teenagers. Amen. Ministry come through. I think last Wednesday we had what the 15 children? Little kids, yeah. 15 little little children. That was a lot of Sister Hedison, yeah, Sister Hedison, that's about right. That's a lot of them. Amen. You see? That's why I'm with the teens. I don't count souls on Sunday. I stay. I counted the whole week. And this past week I counted over, I think it was 63 to be exact, souls that come to this church. But I've already seen over 70. We've already had over 70 before. And on Wednesday and Thursday, we feed those that come through. And we're going to reach that goal of 100 souls because we're going to reach somebody with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I said we're going to reach somebody with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Somebody's going to get saved. Amen? Amen. And I'm saying God sent them to me. Amen. Send them to me. And I'm not opposed if you like to cook. Show up Wednesday and cook, please. Amen. We have the food. I just don't want to cook. Volunteer. I actually come cook for you. I like to cook and I do recipes and stuff. There you go. I got you. Volunteer already. Two of them. Amen. Let's all stand. Don't slap the rocks too. Just say 